Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. I'm Annie Wagoner, your host, and gosh, here we are, summer. It's been quite a different routine, or lack of, I should say, yet I welcome it with just so much richness and adventure and playfulness and outside time and joy. Um, So I hope that you're all having a safe and nourishing and playful and fun summer as well. Thank you for continuing to tune in, or if this is your first time, thank you so much for subscribing. If any of you know of anyone who would like to be a guest on my podcast, or perhaps you yourself are interested, please reach out. And if you have any feedback, I'm also open to hearing from you and really welcome that. You can find me at anniewagoner.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Core Nourishment. And if you haven't already done so, if you wouldn't mind going to iTunes and offering a rating and a review, I would greatly appreciate it. So I had the enormous pleasure of interviewing Stacy Sargent for episode 28 today. She is founder of Inner Presence Healing, calls herself a self-love warrior at Fierce Self-Love, and she's a mom, an energy worker, really just an overall tremendous and gifted healer. And we talk about what that means, like what that word healer means um, toward the end of the podcast. And it is just absolutely beautiful to dive into conversation with Stacey, to hear her rawness and her real journey and struggle of being human and navigating the humanness in this world um, where there can be oftentimes or for some inundation of just moments of being in comparison mindset and struggling with self-worth and feeling like we're enough. Um, and Stacey really talks to her journey through depression and some body image challenges and her relationship to her body and food and how meditation and yoga and energy healing helped her to discover much greater peace and self-love and compassion on so many levels. So we could have talked for hours. I invite you to just pause and take some time to really listen to Stacy's boldness and courage and vulnerability and just notice what comes up for you. Enjoy. happy to have you here Stacey or actually for me to be in your beautiful space thank you for coming here so as I was driving here I was thinking about um well the first time I met you at the yoga mala and just the energy of connectivity and compassion that we immediately shared in our nervousness before teaching (laughs) um gosh that was that was years ago now like four or five years ago I know that's what I was just trying to think I'm like I don't think it was as long as we think it feels like I've known you for a while but maybe it was, I think, about four years four. ago. Yeah. It was 2016, so yeah. only three. Oh, really? A little over three years Oh, my years gosh. Ago. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I know. I base my... <laughs> <laughs> Total authenticity. 
my timeline was who I was dating at the time. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. I think back to who was so I real. dating when I, I bet there are a lot of when I taught. <laughs> Seriously, who was I dating when I taught at my first yoga mall? Oh, yeah. And that was two thousand. It was uh, January, February, whenever it was. Yeah. Winter of two thousand sixteen. Yeah. So yeah, it's been just over. Well, I just remember connecting with you and just thinking, this woman is so real, authentic. You just used the word authentic and compassionate. And I look forward to getting to know you more. And then we went to Lainey and Lou and had such a wonderful lunch and um, just really shared a lot of similar backgrounds and interests and passions and purpose. Um, So you've probably listened, if you've listened to my other podcasts, um, and you know you know me, Stacey. Um, <laughs> yes. The question that I love to now, I'm like transitioning to starting with this question, but really kind of hone in on in the beginning is the whole idea of like nourishment. What does that mean to you? And um, how do you nourish your soul? So let's start there. <laughs> That's a big one, right? I know it's, it, nourishment is so different for each of us. Um, so I think that's it. For me, it's about tuning into my own unique essence and like asking, like, what nourishes me? Because I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in all of the shoulds and comparisons mm-hmm. of like what we're supposed to do. Because nourishment is supposed to make us feel good, but it can be just another thing that we're like, oh, but I have to do this. Like our nourishment is supposed to look a certain way. Um, Right, we get into that black and white mindset of there's a right and a wrong way. Right, that yeah. there's a right and a yeah. wrong way to nourish ourselves, and there really isn't. It's mm-hmm. like so unique to each of us. For me, like quiet time mm-hmm. is so like having time to myself, like in nature, meditating. Like meditation is a huge piece um, of my nourishment, like what nourishes my soul. And connecting with other like-minded. So I think that's what's interesting for me. Like people think of the nourishment as the more physical thing. Yes. And for me, it is much more. The food, the exercise, like those lifestyle. Yeah. And those um, matter. Yeah. But I'm realizing that without the soul nourishment, that deeper, those things don't have the same effect. So when you start with that level of nourishment of how do I nourish my soul, like what makes me feel vibrant from mm. the inside I out love that word. without like and it is unique like and let go for me it's still a piece of my journey of letting go of the comparison of what somebody else's life looks like and what they do for self-care and nourishment and thinking like oh I'm not getting it right or I'm doing it mm. wrong in some way and coming back into that hard space of like what really truly nourishes me and if I when I do those things that feel nourishing like deep in my soul all those other physical pieces of nourishment sort of just come more organically like yeah it's easier to choose foods that feel like they nourish me when I'm in a space of that's what nourishes me see I had to talk sometimes have to talk in the circles to come to like what is it really right the clarity the self-love yeah, so the fear self-love. Like when I'm truly deeply loving myself authentically as I am, it feels like the other pieces of nourishment because it can be different. Like oh yeah, different changes, based right? On different season, chapters and fa- phases of our life, seasons, um, the days, you know, like where you are in your parenting. Like I'm definitely coming into a new season of my life. My daughter's 14. She's going to high school in the fall. It's very different parenting a teenager than it is 
parenting, like, and you know, through each of you know, your kids, like, each phase of parenting is a different, takes a different type of connection to them. And this teenage thing is a whole different, and it's not as, doesn't take much as much of my physical presence and she can feed herself. <laughs> she can't drive herself places yet. So she's still still a chaperone. Yeah. But all these things that used to be like we'd do together and she'd be more dependent and reliable on me. Where there was a lot of physical energy. Right, way. exactly. Right. That's yeah. it's that same, it doesn't take the same physical energy that par- parenting doesn't take the same physical energy that it used to take. So I'm finding myself in like a new chapter. So I'm sort of having to redefine what nourishes me? Like, what do I need to do for myself? Because when you're in the midst of day-to-day parenting, you need those breaks. Oh, you yeah. need the, like, downtime, the solitude. So I had had a pretty good, I think feel like I had created a pretty good lifestyle around that, that I had a good balance with teaching yoga part-time. Like, parenting was my number one. Anytime people would ask me what I do, I'm like, well, first and foremost, I'm a mom. And mm-hmm. then, like, yoga <laughs> teacher. And then my self-care, the meditation, the quiet time, because I needed that alone time because of what teaching yoga and parenting took for me. Now I'm finding I have too much alone time right? because I had created that, that I needed it. But now I'm like, okay, I don't need as much because she's off with friends or her dad and I are divorced. So she's with him half the time, which she always has been. But now that she's more with friends and doesn't need, like, can stay home by herself, so she's not with me. Like when she was younger and I teach a class, she'd come mm-hmm. to the studio with mm-hmm. me now. She's not going to come to the studio with me. She's going to stay home and sleep in or read a book or be on the phone with her friends. Right. Um, so I'm finding I'm sort of having to redefine what that nourishment looks like. And I love that. Me. I love that you you speak to that, Stacey, because um, I imagine a lot of listeners can relate, whether they're parents or not. Um, just being open to the, the ever-evolving Transforming, transformative experience that we get to constantly come back and check in. Like, how is this working? Like, how is this self-care routine I've created supporting me? Or maybe it's not anymore. And just, like, realizing, as you spoke to it, we are going to experience different chapters and different seasons right. in our life. And as much as sometimes we want to be like, aha, I figured it out. I've got it. I don't need to do anything different. And I'm golden, like, for the rest of the way. Right? right. It's like... Yeah, it doesn't work like nice that. once in a while, but I think it would be boring. Like, we get to continue to learn right. about ourselves in we such can. a beautiful and definitely scary at times and vulnerable way. Yeah. Um, but we just, continue to expand yeah. and grow yeah. through each chapter. Yeah. This thing's being willing to let go of, like, finding something that works. And, like, maybe that is your routine for a while and you find this nice groove. But... Life is constantly evolving and growing and changing that checking in. Because something that, and even sometimes it's like something that served you last week right. might not serve you. So it's sort of a day-to-day oh, process. Yeah. Like I think there's definitely routines we have in place for different chapters of our lives that serve us. But it's being willing to check in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, for me, it's really, I've become, it's like we were saying before we got started, I don't plan anything anymore because I have no idea what where I'm going to be what my energy is going to be that day so it presents some challenges of with certain things that like sort of need more consistency and routine like exercise is Mm -hmm. one of them but learning to trust my body mean like what does my body need today like maybe it is yoga maybe it is this so to have these sort of routines like okay if you're going to lift weights obviously you need to do it with some consistency to get to build the muscles but also within that being willing to be like 
okay, I'm not going to push and do this today just because it's my day. If my body's really saying like today, what I need is rest. Mm-hmm. So like I need to take a nap or, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's become a big piece of the nourishment for me is really learning to turn inward and listen mm-hmm. with yeah. compassion and non-judgment and right. that, like that deep self-love, like where am I today and where I am is okay. Like, and where do I want to be and how do I want to feel? So what are the things I need to do? to get myself to that place so I can feel, you know, and sometimes you, you are in that space. It's like, there's a small gap between how you really want to be feeling, or maybe there's no gap. Yeah. Someday yeah. <laughs> there's a much wider gap from yeah. like where you really would like to be vibrating, what you'd like to be feeling and where you really are, but finding that place of compassion and self-love and non-judgment for where you are. Cause I think it's only from that place that you can have the real answer is of like, what do I really need? Yeah. To nourish myself because it's so, there, we have so many rules and structures and right. shoulds. And, and a lot of shoulds, a lot of opinions, a lot of different so many opinions. And a lot of conflicting information. So it can be really overwhelming um, at times for sure. And navigating that and wondering, well, should I be trying that out? You know, or this works for that person. So, right. So that's what I'm supposed right. to be doing. Yeah. But really, and I think that's huge for me in the work that I do with people is helping them. Like I said, we all have a deep intuitive wisdom. We all have a higher self, an inner being, a soul, whatever you want to call it, that knows us and our own unique challenges and personalities that it's good to use some of the external information, but I feel like you have to go in first mm-hmm. and ask. And then if you're guided like, oh, this particular diet would be good for me for what I want to experience or um, achieve right now or whatever, like if you have some health challenge going on. But we tend to always be looking outside of ourselves. And like you said, there's so much research and information and it gets so overwhelming. And you're like, but this person says this is good for you, but this person says it's bad for you. And then you're just in like this complete brains and then like, you just yeah, want to like yeah. you're in this like complete brain overload. So I feel like Pause. that's why it's so like, important to have that alone, quiet time to really check in, like what's here for me, and to not worry <laughs> what anybody else is doing, and let yeah. go of the comparison, which is something that I still work on. To, oh, and I imagine you know we can we're all continuing right. to work on. You know, <laughs> it's a I think an ex you know even more of a challenge these days. And I know you and I've chatted you know, outside of here, um, about like, you know, social media and, um, just media in general and the different things that are out there that, um, a lot of younger, you know, we watch our kids connecting with more than we ever did um, and just draw us into that place of comparison. But what a wonderful opportunity and gift is you're sharing right now to learn, learn to, I guess, acknowledge those inner critic voice, the voices. For some people, it's multiple. Um, right. And and then invite the learning of tools that you, that you so beautifully, Stacey, from your own challenges and experiences have now dove into to now offer for other people. So, so we're sitting here in Stacey's space for the listeners who are listening um, in her presence healing. I want to as you've been talking already about a lot of compassion and self-love, you also call yourself a self-love warrior, which I love (laughs) that, like that statement. That was another thing I think that connected us is that idea of like fierce self-love, um, which I've used also in the past. What, 
Um, yeah, how did that come about, Stacey? Do you mind speaking a little bit more to that? And maybe it's along the same lines of what you've already been sharing. Yeah, so I mean, the self-love, because for years and years and years, I didn't love myself. And for a long time, I actually kind of hated myself. Mm. And so it was sort of this beginning of a journey of healing, of learning to be okay with who I am and peel away different layers, like you said, those inner critics and starting to learn to listen to how I talk to myself and the stories that were running in my head and how to reframe them. Um, And I don't know at what point the self-love really became like this light bulb that went off, like ah, like this is what it's about. You know, so you try all these, because there's so many amazing modalities and tools and different things out there. Um, But what I found at the end of the day that if you don't truly, deeply, authentically, fiercely love yourself, the tools are sort of like a Mm band-aid. Like they can help and they can get you like maybe a little bit out of your, whatever it is you feel like you're stuck in or need to work through. But without that level of deep compassion and self-love, it sort of feels like nothing else that we do can make that big of a difference. Um, so how, Stacey, for you and your journey, going from, and you use the word hate, which is strong. <laughs> it's pretty strong, yeah. but it was um, it was pretty accurate. Yeah, and I yeah. yeah, and I am sitting here, like, just pouring compassion back to you and in gratitude for, you know, like, having the courage and willingness to share that because I imagine, like, that's been intense parts and chapters of your life and again I imagine there are a lot of listeners and myself included in moments and little sips of my life as well just feeling um just so self-critical and beating ourselves down what was the gap I know you didn't say you have an aha but when you started to research ask for support and help when were what were some of those modalities that started to um, resonate with you and allow yourself to soften so I think the very first step was meeting, and I've talked about this a couple of times in other interviews and things I've done, is um, I was living in New York. Uh, my daughter was not quite two, so she's now 14, so it was like 12 years ago, and I had moved to Long Island with my now ex-husband, we were still married at the time, and I was deep in it. I mean, you know, new parenthood, so you've got all these you know, postpartum and hormones, and then you have this little being that's like completely dependent on you that you like love more than like anything but it also challenges you in ways that like you never imagined that you'd be challenged um and I had this deep realization like I hate myself and I don't want my daughter to hate herself the way I hate myself Mm. like I want to get better I want to change this I want to fix it and I had tried I had taken antidepressants when I was younger and different things and had tried therapy and different things but none of it ever really worked And then I met who's still, she's one of my best friends. She still lives in Long Island, so I don't get to see her as often as I would like. Um, But I said to her, I was like, I hate myself. And I think it was, there was so much shame. So I carried all this stuff within. And I never really talked about it because we all sort of put, like, going to the social media thing, we put on these happy faces that everything's great. So you think, well, they've got it all figured out, so it's just me. So then you just go a little deeper into like, well, there must be something wrong with me. So you put this other layer on your story. So there was something about to say, it's amazing the stories we create. Right, Right? so we create these stories. And this is the unfortunate, like based on the law of attraction, like what you believe is what you create. So you create these stories and then those situations and circumstances show up and you're like, see, it's true. I do suck. I am not good enough. Like, nothing I do is ever enough. But 
that's only what's being reflected back to you because that's what you believe. And like, I got to a point where I didn't want to believe that anymore, but I didn't know how I was so deep in those beliefs. They built so much momentum. I didn't know how to change them. So there was something so freeing and just speaking it out loud to somebody that I felt super safe with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I always think about Brene Brown. Um, right. Exactly. You know, idea once we give voice to our shame, just the light that pours right back right. in. Because you help, take help the it power. Dissolve. Yeah. If it, keeping it hidden gives it power when you bring it up into the light. And that was it. So then the path just sort of things sort of found me. That friend recommended a um, woman's, it was like a woman's self-empowerment course in New York City that I went and took. And that was sort of like the first thing. And I learned some tools there and then decided to get separated from my husband because I realized I had a lot of inner work to do. And I wasn't in a situation where I felt like it was conducive to being able to really go deep and do what I needed to do to change my stories and shift my beliefs. And I found church for a little while. So there's been so many different things along the way that have helped me. Um, meditation was one of the first things, probably almost like it's been about 12 years, I think, since I've met, been meditating. And that just like quieting the mind and tapping into that, like feeling into that space of awareness of really, oh, my thoughts aren't who I am. My stories aren't who I am. And I actually do have more control over the thoughts I give energy to that I realized mm. that I did. Because when you're so up here and you're just spinning, 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 you feel like you have no choice, you have no control, but we actually do have choice in how we feel and the stories we tell, but we just sort of have to get ourselves unwound from some of those old stories. And then yoga was a big piece of it um, that came in. And that helped me, like we were talking about before we get started, like the body love. Mm. I'm like loving this physical vessel like I found that like I've made this connection to like who I really am beyond my body and I can love that part of me but how do I love like this physical vessel with all of our you know stuff as women and the comparison and um, so the yoga was a big piece of it of helping me ground into my body and start to feel and feel energy move through my body and actually feel good because meditation you can sort of like get into that space like beyond your body mm-hmm. and um, it does quiet the mind and it's a powerful tool but the yoga really grounds you into your body and sort of brings it all back into I don't know, merging all of it together. And then I started, um, so it sort of feels like I I find a tool and it serves a purpose for a while and then I sort of like heal or peel away that layer and then like the next right tool comes in. So then there was a point where I'm doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So as we expand and like the different things and then that was when I sort of found energy work and I've tried a lot of different modalities of energy work. Um, Reiki, um, I met this woman, Ariana. And that was the thing, too. Like, the people sort it all sort of, like, yoga found me um, when I was ready for, like, I needed to go a little bit deeper. I met this woman, Ariana, at Whole Foods in Andover when my daughter was dancing down there. Um, I love those moments. Right? And it shows just up the, in the perfect timing. Yeah. You know, and that's a big piece of it is trusting the divine timing of it all that – because that's where the comparison, again, I think we talked about that day when we went to lunch, like running our own businesses and like this, and like wanting to be a presence on social media, but getting so caught up in like the comparison and being okay with like where we are and trusting that when we're ready for the next version of ourselves, 
the right tools and people and everything, like the path unfolds. It shows up almost in an effortless, organic way that we need to say yes and take the action, but from that place of alignment, whereas we tend to, as human beings, think like we have to make it happen. And it's all like, and work, like, like, you really yeah, work. And, like, and that's yeah. thing is like no pain, no gain, like hard work, life is hard. Like it's actually bullshit. Life isn't hard. Mm-hmm. I say that and I'm like, it sounds like really Stacy. <laughs> like look at everything that's going on in the world. But it's just because of what we've created from our beliefs. Like, and I don't feel like I'm in a place. And I think this is sometimes something I bump up against because I have these deep knowings and these beliefs and this wisdom to share. But I sometimes hold back a little bit because I'm like, my external life doesn't really reflect. So it doesn't feel like there's this lack of integrity. It almost feels like, like, okay, so you say this is the way life works, but your life, like your external life doesn't necessarily like fit this like six figure income or these things are like living and like the external things that should come with like when you're living your bliss and your purpose, like all these things. But, but I also think it depends on what your values are and what are we, how are we defining success well, and that nourishment and fulfillment and aliveness, right? So, and that yeah, thing is letting go. Those, stigmas and like right of what our culture says success really looks like and to own that I do have a beautiful amazing magical abundant life just because I don't have a million dollars in the bank or I'm not making a six-figure income at the at the moment or I haven't found the right life partner yet that what it's I love my life and I love what I do and that's things there's different things that feed us and not I, I don't think there's anything wrong with money or stuff and if those are your desires but we all have our own unique dreams and desires and if we get caught up in comparing what our dreams and desires are to like what this culture or society tells us they should be or what somebody else then we just get pulled back into that negative self-talk and spiral of like I'm doing something wrong. But as soon as we think we're doing something wrong, we get ourselves stuck. Like life really can be beautiful and magical and easy and effortless and unfolds and this beautiful. And if I, when I look at all the things, like actually my friend Marianne that I was just talking about the first, like when I told her I hate myself, I met her in line at Whole Foods. And mm-hmm. so it's sort of these just magical moments of like synchronicities of if you're just following your impulses and staying in alignment with like listening to your own soul and trusting this is what feels right for me and to let go of the people pleasing and caring what anybody else thinks and be like this is what's right for me and to say stay so true to that you end up in the right places and the right people across your path it was the same thing when I became a yoga teacher I got approached. Like, I didn't have to go out and find it. And it was the absolute perfect yoga teacher training for me because I was a single mom. I had um, left my job to stay home and raise my daughter and then went through a divorce and chose not to go back to work to a full-time job because that didn't feel like the right path for me. And I also knew anything I was going to go back to, it was just for the money and the paycheck. And that was the thing. My values had changed so much that I wanted... and. I sort of believed it was like this little inkling of a belief that like I could create a life that felt good to me and that I didn't have to follow all these rules and what everybody told me. Because I did that for the first close to four, well, my 35 years of my life. Mm-hmm. My daughter was born right before I turned 35. For the first 35 years of my life, I did what the world told me I needed to do. I got good grades. I studied hard. I went to college. I graduated. I got a job. I was fucking miserable. Right. And not yeah. to say that that isn't some people's path. But so that's things you can't judge. You can't compare 
Like you have to check in for yourself and trust that if you're following your own unique soul path, the money comes, the things flow, the right people show up at the right time. It was the absolute perfect yoga teacher training for me for where I was in my life. And, and it was the same with this space. Like, but I had to be careful of like comparing, like, well, I'm not where I'm supposed to be compared to where other people are. And even now that I'm in here and growing my business, like being careful of trusting that the people are finding me, that I don't have to follow somebody else's formula for how to make my business successful, that life can be effortless and fun and magical when you stay in that place of patience and trust of the timing, that when you're ready, so just keep like tuning in and doing your inner work. And like when you're ready, like then it shows up. It like flows into your life. And like if you're not ready, that's okay. Right. Like to be okay. Yeah. Like I am where I am and that's okay. How do I keep saying yes to the things that make my heart and soul sing and keep showing up as authentically as possible? And if something doesn't work out, trusting that that wasn't for me and that there's – and I find sometimes too like we so can cling to something because we think it's what we're supposed to do and when we're willing to let it go – we realize the universe has something so much better for us. So if we could just trust that mm. if something doesn't work out, there was an energy healer that I worked with that she was, her mantra, one of many mantras, but was this or something better. I love and that. Is it, right? Yes. Like, so like this or something better. So if it doesn't work to be okay, it doesn't mean we failed. Like that just wasn't, or it served a purpose for a short time and it's time to move on to the next chapter and phase. But like, so, and with relationships, like, you know, because we have this sort of ideal of, like, finding one life partner. And I've had multiple relationships. I mean, I was married, and then I've had multiple relationships since then. And a lot of them have been really wonderful and magical, but none of them were anything that lasted really long-term. And just trusting that as we continue to grow and expand and evolve, that, you know, all those pieces, that the universe really is a friendly place. It doesn't look like... It's like, as I say that, there's this, like, real bullshit no it's not but it's all about our perception like yeah. what like energy flows where attention goes so what are we choosing to put our attention on like what we put our attention on is what we create more of so the more like people like you and I and people that call people light workers or energy healers or yoga teachers or these people like the more we shift our thoughts and beliefs and put our attention and like refuse to buy in talking, going back to what we were talking about before, like the fear and like mm. keep choosing love, keep choosing compassion. We create in our own individual realities, those experiences, and we contribute to the collective consciousness and collective reality that like ease and grace and love and joy are accessible and possible and actually our birthright and our natural yeah. state. Yeah. Right? I love this, Stacey. Um, so <laughs> listeners, I'm sitting across from Stacey, which is, which is such a joy, and getting to witness her like facial expressions. And also, you talk with your hands just like I do. And why I'm bringing that up is because you, you're moving your hands almost in this swirling um, way that like, makes me think of like the ocean. And last night, I had the opportunity to teach yoga at the beach. Ocean Asana. Ocean Asana. And... I was so aware and brought this, you know, into my cueing, like just listening to the waves, closing mm. the eyes, listening to the waves and that energy and the ebbs and flows, and then smelling the salty air and feeling the gentle breeze against her skin and our, like all of our senses fully alive. And I'm sharing this because as you've been talking, like I've, I'm like hearing those waves, mm. I'm connecting with my breath and 
like feeling your aliveness and even in the stuff that just feels shitty, you know, that you're, that you're speaking to you from your experience and your journey, Stacey is just so real and raw and beautiful. Like there's no, you know, I, we all have that stuff, you know, the stuff that we'd much rather like stuff down right. and put in the basement or in the attic and never look at again. Um, that darkness and other ways of saying it. And then also the vibrancy and the aliveness and the light and the joy and the flow. Like there's like, and I'm now moving my hands. It's like, <laughs> it is the wave. It's the ebbs and flows. And, and what you're speaking to is just so real and honest. And I so appreciate it um, because it isn't about perfection, right? One of no. my favorite mantras is progress, not perfection. Yeah. And yeah, and as you've spoken to in this conversation, also in your Wild Heart podcast, uh, Wild Hearts podcast um, interview, and in your teachings, like holding that self love, that fierce self love and compassion for all of the parts of us. Right. Because you know what? These, these voices, that critic, that comparison mindset is still gonna be inside of us. So, how do we love her, him, you know, and wrap our arms around that part of us when? They, when they show up strongly, um, right. as well as trusting, as you said, and surrendering into the flow, which, holy shit, that can be really hard, you know? <laughs> it can be really hard and really so, scary. So when you speak to that, Stacey, you've used the languaging of, like, dropping in, dropping down, as you mentioned right away in the beginning with what nourishes you, like, finding stillness. Yep. For those who don't know how, even how to begin, like how do you do that? And meditation, like yes, it is such a powerful practice and you've shared that that's really what allows you to land in that self-compassion. Um, but meditation can sometimes be the hardest mm-hmm. thing for a lot of us. Um, so what do you share and how do you guide others to begin to lean into that practice? Well, so that's a big part of the reason I opened this space because I know that I mean, like, I've been on this journey for 12 years, so, like, meditation is natural as anything to me now. Like, I almost forget what it was like before. And not to say that my mind doesn't still get busy. My mind can definitely still get busy. And obviously, I still have that inner critic that can come up. But it's all now I almost really have to do is close my eyes, put my hands in my heart, and take a couple deep breaths. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. like, there I am. But, like, it's not easy in the beginning. And I think what I've been been coming up for me a lot lately and I've been saying to people is we've got to let go of this idea because I think this is what blocks people from meditation and feeling like it's too hard it's not for me I can't do it meditation is not we think meditation is quieting the mind and we're like I can't you sit you drop in you like get still you try and like if there's all these voices and noise and you're like forget it I suck at meditating it's the mind you'll have pockets of stillness but we actually don't want to get rid of our thoughts because our thoughts are what we create with. So meditation is more about becoming the observer of our thoughts mm, yes. rather than trying to get rid of. So that seems people are like, well, I can't get, it's like, just watch your thoughts. So I think for beginners that feel like they want to start on their own, sit and just watch your thoughts. And then you start to notice, how do I feel when I think this thought? Because what I've definitely learned over the years is that it's really really accurate and true that if a thought doesn't feel good it's not coming from our soul our inner being our higher self whatever we want to call it that part of ourselves the unique essence of who we really are because that part of us truly 100% authentically loves us fiercely and un 
conditionally, mm. unconditionally, no mm. matter what. We don't have to get it perfect. We, this, in this physical reality we're in, we have to have contrast. So there's going to be the darkness and the light. Without the darkness, we wouldn't know. Without the negative emotions, we wouldn't appreciate the high of the positive emotions. It's just being mindful that we don't spin in those negative emotions and get stuck in them. And so how do we share our stories and our truth so that we realize we're not alone without continuing to tell those stories so that we're continuing to create those stories, to know that we can create something different, but to not keep that stuff in the darkness with the shame, like to hide it. Because it only has power when it's hit. Mm-hmm. Like once you bring it into the light, like the, its power it disappears. And this thing is it's just another part of you that wants to be seen and loved. That's something that's come up for me lately when I realize when those parts of me, I'm like, I see you, I love you. And it's like, and it just, and I feel a softness. So just starting to become aware of how you talk to yourself. It doesn't even have to be meditation. Just starting to become aware of your thoughts throughout the day. How does that thought make me feel? My girlfriend and I said, this was a long time ago when I first started on this. We realized like how we talk to ourselves. And she's like, if you said some of the things that I say to myself, to like, like you look in the mirror, you're like, you fat fuck. Like if I said that to you, you would never want to hang out with me or be friends with me. You'd be like, but we say like we do say some of those things to ourselves we're so hard on ourselves so start to notice and so how can we soften that like how can we start to shift and like tell ourselves and that's where affirmations are useful but it's about drop like if you're just saying an affirmation and you're not feeling like there's a huge difference between knowing something is true and feeling and embodying truth so we have to bridge that gap of knowing okay I'm whole I'm worthy I'm enough but then how do you move into really feeling and embodying and embracing I'm I'm, whole I'm I'm worthy I'm enough discovering as you say those things you know first from the critical thoughts to the mantras or the affirmations I love that Stacey like because yeah it's like learning to as you said listen and notice where in my body am I experiencing that you know, what's showing up, what sensations. And then um, you're, you're sharing about just our languaging and how powerful it is and harsh it can be sometimes, our inner critics. Um, makes me think of, do you remember, I don't know, so, you know, Danielle Laporte of the Firestarter Sessions, and she, she, did, she has, um, so speaker, she's an amazing writer, um, author, speaker. Um, she's the creator of the truth bombs. Um, okay. So I know her name. I'm yeah, not familiar with her. Yeah. Work. And she's, um, she's someone I've followed for years. Um, but she had written a blog about our language and the power of our words and, um, use an example of taking an apple and cutting it in half and then placing each half in the same type of glass jar. So I'm, I'm talking about this because I actually read this and then chose to do it with my kids mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so you, you split an apple in half, you put each in a covered glass jar, and then you, we put duct tape on ours, and then you label one. Um, I think it was like she used the example of like good, bad, and I, and I was like, let's say um, like kind and mean, you know, is what we, we labeled ours as. Um, and then... Um, or compassion and mean, I forget, something along those lines. And then every day, so we place them in, um, like, ideally you're, you're thinking about, like, research in, like, science, right? So we place yep. them in um, two, in, like, this, 
one window like facing the same way so yeah. like, south facing like one windowsill and then another windowsill so each had the same kind of light coming in at it every day um, and then every single day the kids and I would talk to those each go over to each of those jars and talk to them and the, so to the nice or the kind the compassionate one we would say I love you you are beautiful just as you are you are enough you are powerful you are strong you're like whatever came to us and then to the mean one which we you know Jack Sadie and I acknowledged like felt wrong yeah, like it feels awful but we like any of our inner critic thoughts like you suck you're mean you're ugly you know Stupid. whatever was kind of, yeah, like, like all these those words things. that we don't even like to right we don't you know in our language at home you know we're yeah right. surrounded more in that compassion so it was wild at the end of three weeks so three weeks the maybe I don't know quite that long maybe 10 days um and I've yeah Danielle Laporte kind of gives an example but um, the kind, the compassionate, the one, that one was still, you know, maybe, maybe just a little bit more golden, um, like slightly, slightly yep. browned. Um, and then like, I, I like to think like weathered with love. Right. <laughs> and then the other one was completely black, moldy and like just, just, yeah, like it, it soaked it up. It, it believed what we were saying. That's and, because that's how powerful yeah. the words are. There's another, are you familiar with the, um, I can't remember, I don't know how to pronounce it. There's this Japanese guy, Matsumoto. I'm totally saying it wrong. It begins with an M. Yeah. There was this Japanese man whose name began with an M. And he, with water. Yeah, I was about to say. Same thing. Water, you watch yeah. the crystals. And you can take water that was like exposed to nuclear radiation and say loving words to it. And it heals and like shifts in the crystals form and then if you're like I hate you you're ugly like how the crystals change so that's usually how it impacts your body if you drink that right so it's like adding energy to our nourishment right and and so that goes back to the nourishment like we can get so I know this is still like a slippery slope topic for me of food because I'm super hard on myself because I'm a yoga teacher and I'm supposed to be healthy like I'm supposed to eat a certain way so like if I eat a cookie or a donut or somebody's like you eat sugar I'm like mm-hmm, I still sometimes eat sweets like they're really delicious I'm like but I have this feeling like I'm not supposed to be or I'm supposed to be vegan or I'm supposed to be raw mm-hmm. or this but it's so much more the how do you feel when you're eating it and the words that you're talking like so, and like, and especially when you have kids, and trust me, when they begin to become teenagers, you have even less control over what they're eating and just trusting that if we bless the food and how we talk to it and our body. So, like, being mindful when, like, mindful eating is way more important to me for nourishment than what I'm actually eating. But when I'm in that place of loving myself, I am choosing for the most part healthy foods that feel nourishing on a physical level but it is more that being self-loving to myself my body and the food that but that's the apple the water all that responds our bodies respond to our thoughts so think about that and think the images that were um, shown every day of you know it's different like I think I share this on the world hearts podcast I think it's different for men like there's a sort of this thing like you're supposed to have six-pack abs and be like you know, bigger and buff to be like, you know, how aesthetically pleasing. And for us women, it's more like thinner. And but so we have, we're bombarded with all these things. So we're like constantly like comparing ourselves and judging ourselves and not feeling like we're measuring up. So we're not being kind and loving to ourselves and our bodies responding right to that. So you, you can be eating perfectly, working out, doing all the right things. But if it's not coming from a place of self love, 
like your body that's what people sometimes like they can do all the quote-unquote right things and their bodies don't change because they're not actually loving themselves right they're, doing, like, they're changing because they're i think you and i had this conversation back in the past like with certain cleanses and nutritional programs of like it's that feeling like i need to change myself i'm not whole i'm not good enough as i am instead of like choosing nourishment from a place of I'm whole and perfect as I am, and I want to treat this vessel. So, like, I don't want to put a shit ton of crap in it because that's not going to serve me. Mm -hmm. But it's these how we talk to our bodies, like, they do respond. So think about if an apple in 10 days, so, like, an experiment. And it can be – it's really challenging to look in the mirror and – even more challenging if you want to try doing it naked (laughs) your whole body head to toe hands on different parts of the body like really truly authentically saying I love you and imagine the changes if that's what happened to an apple in just 10 days like and water it's like a pretty like I didn't read all the details of the study so I don't know what the time frame how long it took to shift but I think with water it responds pretty quickly and what are our bodies like 80% water mm-hmm. like think about if we said for like the next week or like the next 30 days I'm going to like every day I look in the mirror and love like every part of my and that's going back to what we said the tapestry like every part of us wants to be loved and deserves to be loved and when we just love all of it those parts that like don't feel as lovable do soften and become like they don't necessarily go away but they don't become as dominant in our field and our vibration um things start to shift so we accept them as a part of who we are as opposed to this thing that we're trying to get rid of or ignore or avoid or anytime you try to separate it you're just shutting it off and when you bring everything into the inclusiveness of your energy field of who you are yeah then you're it's that level of unconditional self-love and acceptance and and it shifts it shifts everything so I say this a lot these days I have so many tools like going back to like what are the different modalities there have been so many different things meditation yoga reading like every spiritual self-help book under the sun um joining different groups doing different things um you know working with different energy healers but the most powerful thing has been self-love like unconditional self-love and now I do it every time I do a class in this space every time I work with a private client we always at some point eyes closed hands on your heart and and I used to see this I used to be embarrassed I used to feel cheesy and cliche cliche and sort of like crazy and now I'm like you know what I don't give a fuck well, you know what's beautiful? Because, because it works. You, you've tapped into that aliveness within yourself. So that's the energy that then's pouring out as you share it, Stacey. Like, it's so powerful just sitting here across from you and feeling that, you know, well, as you're demonstrating. We show up completely authentically yeah. okay with all of who we are and don't feel like we need to hide. If we feel like we need to hide parts of ourselves... There, it's going to continue to give it power. We feel like, okay, I can be completely authentic. Like, And there's a difference. Like I said, we don't want to keep telling a negative story so we're continuing to create that in, in our experience. But there is a way to share our authenticity and our stories, to share our stories authentically so that we can show up authentically 100% all of ourselves. That love will start to dominate. But so I'm like, it's always, I'm like, I deeply and completely love and accept all of myself exactly as I am in this now moment. Mm. And if you say that to yourself multiple times a day and even, and then more powerful with eyes closed, hands on your heart, like dropping into that space, 
your life does start to shift. Your body starts to respond differently. You do start to have access to different thoughts because that's the law of attraction. We Like attracts like. So if we're stuck in these negative low vibration thoughts and fear and despair and anxiety and depression and self-loathing and whatever they are, that's all we have access to because that's when our, what's in our vibrational field. So if we slowly start to find ways to shift those and start to notice, and be like, it doesn't feel so good when I say I hate myself or like I'm fat. So like saying to yourself, like, how can I say this a little bit differently? Like maybe saying I love myself doesn't, like you're like, that's not true. But like maybe I'm open to loving myself. Yeah. Like how, like what are the things we can say just start to shift towards, and then you say that, and then you have access to a different, like another higher vibrational thought. So like when you're in that place, you have access. So if you're vibrating high, you have access to feelings of joy and bliss and compassion and connection and creativity and appreciation and gratitude. So it's just starting to notice those thoughts and like how do you slowly, but without judgment, Right. Because then we just go back and be like, okay, like we've all been there. We all have an inner critic. Those things, when we start to connect and share, like authentically, we realize we're not alone and everyone has their fears and self-doubts and inner critics. And we all have our triggers. It's different for all of us. Some of us, it's our relationship patterns. Some of us, it's our income. Some of us, it's our relationship to food or like whatever it is. We all have our different triggers, but not... Everybody has something that they feel like they don't quite measure up or they're not enough. And so when we, when you realize you're not alone, it's easier to be less judging of And that yourself. is more of a collective, like, way to connect to and relate. And when we share right. our story, just as you're doing right now, Stacey, it's so beautifully, like, it, it opens it up, um, the invitation and the energy goes out for others who can relate to them, feel safer and more... Um, trusting and sharing and finding their healing because that's a big piece of it feeling safe like for the longest time I didn't feel safe admitting how I really truly felt on the inside because I was worried that I was going to be judged because like when I would go to therapy I tried therapy and I'd try to be totally authentic and I'd feel sort of judged so I'd shut back down so finally I just shut it all down and I just put on a tried to put on as happy of a face as I could but I was slowly dying on the inside and when you feel safe enough to admit how you truly feel, that's where the power of the healing, like you said, like that's where the healing comes from, of when you're able to admit and be honest and authentic. Then you open up the path to being able to step into that true, authentic. I mean, and I don't love myself every day. Like I still have moments where doubt and comparison come in, but I know now I'm like, not loving myself and like I'll find some time like I'll go down to the beach or go off to the woods or just sit in my room or come to my space and meditate for a little bit put my hands on my heart say that and it will shift like I don't stay stuck in those places where before it was like months years decades like now it's maybe a day or two tops but now I have the tools to be able to notice like oh and and I can usually now trace it back to what it was that triggered me and I didn't catch it in that moment and do anything about it and it sort of spiraled and then I find myself in a little bit of a funk and then I have to withdraw a little bit and meditate or whatever and then I notice like oh right that's a trigger for me and I didn't notice it at the time and it kind of got a little bit bigger and then yeah. I come back to and it's like okay but can I love myself even though I don't really feel that loving towards myself in this moment and just that willingness 
and the continuous too. practice, right? We, right. Like, oh, well, that's just, why we call all these things yeah. yoga, meditation yeah. practices. It's not like it's a daily practice and being willing to just go with the flow of your daily practices and being kind and gentle with yourself, like each day. Like life can be easy, fun, magical, and blissful, but that doesn't mean that every day you're high flying and feeling great like I think well I don't think it's all or nothing right it's like where right. it's in an the day can we observe and, and connect and notice those things flowing in versus like right yeah which is so beautiful and finding the appreciation for the things that do feel good and the more we find the appreciation for those things we attract more of those things in and then we do create this sort of like different momentum of you know ease in our life and it's, it gets easier and easier to I mean 12 years ago, I never would have thought I am, would be where I am now. Look at, like, look at where like, we are right now. Right? I mean, my, I didn't feel worthy and... enough to, like, have this space. But yeah. it's like, that thing is every time. And that's what clients and students and people share with me. Like, what they appreciate most is my realness and my rawness. And I realize, like, that's where my power lies. When I show up totally authentic and real. And it's also super freeing because there's less effort. Like, I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to really plan or think or worry about every little thing. Like, I literally just show up and just trust. And that, that is, it takes a, a good amount of trust that life does support you and that the universe is a friendly place and that things are going to work out. But when you start to trust and things, you see something work out, your trust deepens a little bit more and you start to trust it, like, you can show up completely authentically as you and just trust what's there in that moment. Because, like, if we had planned this conversation, it would not have flowed the way it has right. flowed right now. But it, and there was a time that this would have been scary as fuck to think, oh, my God, what am I going to say? Like, Because I, I sort of don't care anymore what other people think like they're going to accept me or they're not and I don't need that people pleasing part of me has really softened a lot that and sure like if I feel like somebody doesn't like me I still feel you know they can be that but when I don't feel like I need other people to accept me or love me or like me I can just show up authentically as me and just trust that whatever is going to come through and it's going to be absolutely perfect in that moment instead of trying to plan every moment of our life so that's because then we do miss out on magic mm. of the perfect when we see the universe is like because there's so much like we're all so connected that if we're with our little blinders of like this is what my life is supposed to look like and this we're missing mm. so, so much like missing a lot just around us I even think just a like a little magical moment like when I walked into this space Stacy and I'm sharing um there's a prism hanging and right. the way the sunlight was streaming through the windows was catching the prism and sending you know these magical rainbows and all over so the many room of them. and then I and then we spun it and just to see it swirling I mean talk about just like a, a pause of observing and noticing and and like it just made us both like beam and smile and feel like look at that like I felt like a little girl you know so it's just fun well, to super simple example but to just pause and kind of open as you said like get out of the the blinders and let them just just dissipate and then open our eyes to each other and um and just to 
receive what we're what we're seeing around us is powerful well that word receive like and that's feeling like we're worthy to receive but it doesn't have like like you said it's simple like simple pleasure all those spinning rainbows like it doesn't have to be big things and like going back to what you were sharing when you taught your class last night that when you're super present and you're hearing the ocean and feeling the breeze and all of those senses like that's what it's about and that's where the magic is it doesn't have to be these big grand things unfolding in our life and like maybe it is pieces and parts of that too but these like simple little daily pleasures like you know I don't know how many rainbows there were out there there was a lot dozens of like spinning rainbows and being on the beach practicing yoga and feeling your breath and feeling the breeze and hearing the ocean like you know those mad those are you know some of the biggest magical moments of this human experience so when we're super like holding present a hug with a loved one you know and right? just and like really up. hugging yeah, like, yeah. Hold, like sink dropping into it yeah. sinking into it and, re- and allowing yourself to receive I think that's a big part of it like I love that when you said that word receive like we don't feel worthy on some levels a lot of us of receiving and we're just we're not open we're closed off for whatever reasons we pick up all these false beliefs and limiting beliefs and ideas and opinions and thoughts along our path and so we close ourselves down when we start to open ourselves to receiving and really let ourselves receive yeah really really powerful yeah so i like that word i know it's a good word it's so yeah it's so true so, Stacey, you're sharing, like, so many modalities that have supported mm-hmm. you. And I know um, that you're now offering. When you think, when you just pause and, like, I close my eyes, but, like, I visualize <laughs> visualize yourself. Um, I mean, you're, you're so many things. You're an incredible yoga teacher. You're a healer. You're an energy worker. You are, like, a speaker. I mean, you share your story in different ways. And, um what is when you think about one offering? Because I know you're teaching weekly classes. You've um, done some Reiki. Um, when you think of one of your offerings, maybe it's just a one-time event or a weekly class. Like, what is one that you want to share here that just like lights you up? I mean, I believe it all. It all lights. It you all up, lights but. me up. But yes, what I think is so when I opened the space back in January, I was sort of had this mentality of like build it and they will come and just sort of trusting Mm -hmm. like I didn't really have which I didn't have a business plan I didn't even have this big grand vision I just knew that I wanted a space that felt magical and sacred and safe and comfortable and so I'm like create that and just sort of seeing it so it's sort of been trial and error like unfolding and so I think there's two. I'm going to share two. Oh, yeah. Like so, I do a one of the things that really has been super powerful and magical, and has seems to really resonate with people, um, is I do a weekly chakra balancing class on Wednesday nights. It's a two-hour class. We do simple yin yoga postures. Oh, so it's I love we move through yin. each seven shot, and it's not like true yin because I'm not certified in yin, but it's sort of that idea of yin of like holding in a yeah. posture and just softening into it and receiving. And so I'm do, I do Reiki. So we move through each seven each chakras. We move through seven chakras. So we do seven poses. I use an essential oil for each pose. Wow. And then when you're in the pose, I do Reiki on you. And oh. then we end with a little bit longer Shavasana, and you get a nice little head rub. Yeah, talk about delicious self-care. And that's the thing. And that's what people say. They're like, 
I mean, I mean, and it's just that, and this is what I love, like the feedback I get. I had one, one more moment, like almost a month after she came to class was like, I keep meaning to tell you, because I ordered an essential oil for us. We had to reconnect. She's like, I keep meaning to tell you that class was like life-changing. It was like magical. Mm-hmm. She's like, I keep using the affirmations. And then at another woman who was referred to me by a woman that comes to my class, who's a hairdresser. And she's like, she went to get her hair cut and she shared, she was like, thank you so much for referring me to inner presence healing. Like it was life-changing. And it's like, that's what fills me up and feeds me. Like, and to see the look on people's faces and to see from when they come in the door to two hours later, how relaxed and two hours without their phone, without any other distractions, like just being in that space and receiving. Like they're really here just to receive and the smell of the essential oils. And so that's been something that's been, that I want to continue to offer. And I feel like is really powerful you created you have created this sacred safe space for them to give themselves permission to gift right. themselves this time right to and come to just and receive. let go and receive. yeah that's amazing and then the other thing that's been sort of beginning to unfold which is newer um is i've been starting more to work one-on-one with people um and so it's interesting that you asked this question because i just sort of had this thought last week Um, Because I had an impromptu session with somebody that we were supposed to meet for something else. And then we ended up just having this. And we ended up meeting for like two and a half hours. And at the end, she was like, like, holy cow, Steve. And because to me, it's all stuff that just now comes naturally. And it's like, I'm just having a conversation. But all of this stuff comes through. And it's things that like, I think, well, I don't know if I think everybody knows, but like, like these nuggets that people pick up on and like how powerful it is. So, um, and I haven't quite figured out. So now then it's playing with the like, what do I call it? And how do I structure this? But I'm loving working one-on-one with people. Because like you said, there's all these modalities and tools. And what I'm finding is super powerful is having these private sessions with people and sitting down and connecting and getting to know them. And then it just becomes this organic, intuitive like what tools, because we're all in different places yeah. on our unique journeys and all sort of are looking for different things. And I feel like that's what's so powerful is I've accumulated all these tools over the years in my own journey of healing and learning to love myself that, and by being able to be completely me and authentic and real, it just creates a space where I had a woman come, she's, they've come two weeks now, she brought her husband and he had never done any yoga, any meditation anything and he opened up to me in ways that his wife said she's like I'm sort of actually shocked that he was willing to tell like share but so I'm realizing I have this gift of being able to make people feel safe and comfortable and hold that sacred space so that's what I'm hoping in the fall when my daughter's back into school and like we're settled back in is to offer more of those one-on-one and I don't I don't really love the word coaching just because of like what it's become there's so many like because I'm, you know what, that is what it is. Because I feel like for me, there, and it's just for me personally, when I feel like someone's like coaching and I have a trigger with this, I don't like being told what to do. And I don't want to tell somebody else what to do. Like I don't feel so mentorship maybe guidance like guidance the like so guidance that's comes or like, just even like energy session because you are right. you're Sessions. reflecting you're mirroring and reflecting back their energy and meeting them where they're at and helping to lift their vibration and then from that place knowing like what tools so it sort of just becomes this really magical like it sort of just shows itself when you're open like this is what's going to help this person and then like the different because 
like this particular person, it's like you don't want to overwhelm people. So it's like we started small with just like some breath work and some mm. simple things. So this is, it doesn't even always have to be these big, like oh, yeah. dramatic, drastic things. But it's been really fun working with people one-on-one, like uniquely and like just trusting that showing, like again, showing up and just trusting that it all sort of unfolds perfectly for what that person needs. And um, I know one thing that came to me was authentic soul sessions. And oh, that's I beautiful. Know. But it's that, I really, I I, that, then I go into my critical, like, I'm woo-woo crazy. That sounds sort of cheesy, cliche. No, I see, I like, see stand in it. I know, right? And just to like, stand in. So maybe that's, I, that's my grand <laughs> announcement I mean, in this here. interview. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be starting to offer authentic soul sessions. I love it. And it's so bringing beautiful. all of the modalities in because it's unique to everyone like some people it's more challenging with meditation and they want and that's because here's the ultimate truth we nobody needs me like and that's why I have a hard time calling myself a coach because we all have our own unique intuitive wisdom that if we really learn to listen we don't need coaches. We don't need, but it's like a mirror, an accountability person. And this you know, is your thing. You're helping to empower them to tune back into. And their this is why wisdom. coaches and mentor and why healers, like why we are needed, because we've all just sort of gotten stuck. But ideally, you work with a client and you get them to a place where they're so connected to their own intuitive wisdom that they hear their own answers. Mm. But, like, we all need... And that's the thing. So, yes, ultimately, nobody really needs me to tell them what to do or what they have all their own answers inside them. But I feel like that's my gift as a healer, coach, whatever you want to call it, is to help people, guide people back to their own intuitive wisdom to hear their own answers. Because we have so much other stuff swirling around that it can be hard to, like sort out like what's really true for me and it is yeah. like you said the reflecting like because I don't think we're meant to do it alone you know and it's that's that, like thing. the need for human connection and you and you are you are a gift and then yeah. I'm able to offer that I think it's more that feeling of need like I feel like this because I so how do you bridge that 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 knowing that connection because that's to me that's what I love about my work the connection that powerful like knowing we're not alone because we're not alone and we're not meant to do it alone. So I guess that's a big piece of it is like remembering we're not alone, but also knowing because I guess I don't, my, I want to empower people to know their own gifts and their own light and their own strength. But that's what it is. We're reflecting that and mirroring that back and shining that back. So we do need each other, but not from a place to there that just, thank you. It's that feeling like I was associating need with this disempowerment and I never want to disempower another person and think that they need me to tell them what to do or what's right or wrong. But we do need each other because we are all connected and that feeling of connectivity. But to realize, reflect back to each other our own individual power and to empower each other to stand in our own truth and shine our own unique lights because we're all here so that's what to share different gifts like if we all had the same gifts right like what that wouldn't be any fun like the worlds wouldn't be like we all have our own unique stories and gifts and things to share 
that when we stand in that truth and share from that place, and that's and that's what I've found in this space, the less still working with this, I think we talked about too, the whole marketing and trying to get clients, but I've sort of let that go for the summer. Like I loved that post that you shared, like just like your kids are out of school for this summer and your partner's leaving and to really just bask in this time together. And that goes back to the trust. That, and I've found when I've done that here that I've let go of trying to figure out like how many Instagram posts do I need to make and what the people that I'm meant to work with. And it's all perfect. Some weeks I only have one person in class and I definitely go a little into that like, God, like I'm, my class isn't full. But then when I just surrender to the moment and I see the perfection of why it's just me and that one person that Mm. week, that if there had been three other people there, the magic that had happened between me and that one other person wouldn't have been able to happen. But it does take a lot of trust and courage. It takes a lot of courage to trust that everything is perfect and not need it to be a certain way and to trust that the clients that are going to benefit from what you have to share are going to find you and the clients that are going to benefit from what I have to share we're going to find we all have our own unique ways of connecting with people and sharing and it's a really big world there's a lot of us out there that like there's enough to go around that we don't have to worry about like competing and comparing and yeah and I love it because it just comes back to where we started of like this is our continuous practice you know of of self-compassion and um as you said like just learning to connect with the tools that are within us and you know when I think of you Stacey that's what I think of like I actually don't associate the word coach it's like you're a healer and Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) a connector so that connectivity and um, we've said it but like you you have this beautiful gift of mirroring back and guiding people to um, to connect with their innate body wisdom and that healing capacity within them and then sharing and teaching these tools that they don't maybe know about so right. that they can then practice them and right. you Use share and you tools. share your own raw practice with it and that it's not about perfection and right. so I just I'm sitting here just smiling and just in such gratitude for you because um, whether you acknowledge it <laughs> or you know don't always feel it which Still I working on that like you're you're you are powerful and you have so much to offer and you're a gift and you Thank are you. sitting here across from me and like boldly sharing your story and your journey in this process, this ever evolving transformation um, out there. And I just have so much respect for you. So thank you, Stacey. Thank you. I think that's as I learn each day to just show up, whether I'm afraid or not, and just keep saying yes, even to the things that scare me and to allow myself to just be authentic and real and raw in that moment. Like, and like when you said you're a healer, like there's still this little, not as much, but this little bit of contraction. I remember the first time somebody said that to me, it was a guy that I dated about, I met him three summers ago. um, And he has a sister who's a really powerful energy healer. And he's like, your energy reminds me so much of my sister. And he's like, you're a healer. And I was like, I broke down in tears because it was like, I sort of had that knowing, but to speak it out loud and to own that felt really weird and awkward and uncomfortable. So it's been an interesting three-year journey of owning that and saying, yes, I'm a healer. So I still contract a little bit when you said that. I'm like... But it's like, but to stand in that truth and to own that, that, yeah. I mean, 
And here's the thing, I think we are all healers in our own mm-hmm. unique way. But when we start to show up real and authentically yeah. and let our healing gifts move through us, that we all help. Because we're all in this together. Because yeah. that's, I mean, I'm that's so amazing. grateful for you too. Like, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. So, Stacey, how can people find you? So, I am in Greenland, New Hampshire at Gentle Currents Wellness Center. I'm still working on my website because, see, I like that. We all have our own gifts and technology and websites, not in my wheelhouse of gifts. So, I'm still sort of navigating that. I've had a few people help me, offer to help me, and it's just with the summer and the unique things. So, that's sort of on my... And you haven't needed it yet. And, you know, and and I think that's part of it is I sort of question how much do I really need it. But I do feel like I do want to get it just so people have one place where they can go Mm -hmm. and they can see everything I I have to offer. Um, But for now, I'm on on Instagram. But Instagram, to me, is a weird place to, like, market your business. Um, Facebook has been more because I can share my events. Um, And I guess that's mostly why Facebook works better because the way you post on Facebook, I can share the event. So you can find me, Inner Presence Healing, on Facebook. And I'm in Greenland, New Hampshire. I think that's, yeah. does that cover? Yeah, that that's wonderful. And they can see where you're teaching and your events on there? Yes. Okay, so I don't great. list my other classes because I'm only teaching a few other yoga classes outside of Inner Presence Healing. That's been another piece of the trust is those things fall away to make space for yeah. what's new. That, um, so I'm sort of like moving away from teaching as many classes as the, at studios. Like just because... I love teaching yoga, but it's, like, this stuff, like, all of it, that you just can't share as much. I mean, you can a little bit, but not in the same way when you're teaching it. Because it's not what people are looking for when they come to it. You know, they're looking more for asana and maybe, like, slowing down and breathing. Um, But so this opportunity to have a space to be able to create more of that stuff that I love. Well, I am so excited to continue to witness you expand and share your vibrancy with this community and the world. So thank Thank you so much for this time. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you coming to my space. Letting me... Letting me ramble. It's it's so funny for how quiet I can be. Like you said... When I like tap into that and it's like the light and it's like, it just like moves through me and like, I can't stop it's, it. It's those waves. It's the ocean. Right. You know, it's ever flowing. So I beautiful. definitely feel like sometimes I can ramble on. But so thank you for letting me my share pleasure. my story. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.